Welcome to the Jack and John podcast. I'm Jack. And I'm John. And we're on a mission. To help you focus on Christ. We're talking about Jesus is. Jesus is. Okay. You can just fill in the blank. Right. He's so many things. <laughs> well, this week, we want to talk about Jesus is our Savior. Jack, what does it mean to be a Savior, and why do we need a Savior? Well, this probably is not going to be very popular, Ooh. John, and I don't know if I'm going to make any uh, really great friends here, but uh, it's it's understanding that we are lost mm. without Christ. Now, I'm not saying that in my viewpoint or in my opinion, everybody that's lost are bad human beings. But when you think of it in terms of all of us are sinners and how bad sin is, then uh, we are probably worse than we think we are. Um, and, and I will do that on a positive. Let me do sure. that on a positive. Positive of that is uh, there was a time in my life that I was really broken over my sin. And I went to Christ. I went to Jesus. I went to God in prayer. And I said, God, how can you save me? I am so bad. And it was almost like I heard a voice saying, uh, I love you. I love you. I felt this love. Oh, no, you don't understand. I'm really, really bad. No, no, I, I love you. I've, I've died for you. I'm the lamb. I'm, I'm, I've sacrificed. But, but Lord, you can't save me. I, I have all these sins. I begin to, to, to name my sins. And then it was, if I heard, now not literally, uh, audible voice, but the thought came into my mind, God saying, Jack, you're worse than you think. <laughs> and I love you. <laughs> I have saved you. I died for you. That's kind of my positive foot right. on it. But I think that sometimes we don't really realize how bad sin is and how much it affects God and how broken he is and how hurt he is over sin. I say this. If God sent his only begotten son, whom he loves, to die on a cross for sin, it had to be bad. Mm -hmm. It had to be bad. How, what else can you think that would be so bad that it would take the death of the only begotten son of Jesus, uh, of, of God, Jesus Christ, our Savior, to die for us? Right. I, I, and I think we need to think about that how bad sin is, and how much it affects us, how it affects our relationship, not only with God, but with our own family, with people around us, that we would certainly want to take care of our sin. Now, add to that, the Bible does talk about hell, and it talks about hell as being a place that you do not want to go. <laughs> Nobody should really want to go to hell. And if hell is there, then you need to stay out of hell. And the only way to do that is through a Savior that is Christ. So we need a Savior. Right. We need a Savior to help us with all these things. But I was talking to Jack and Mike earlier about uh, the, the Greek word that's used for lost, and it, it means so many different things. Uh, it can mean lost like uh, you can't find something, um, 
or it can mean that uh, that's something. Uh, it's like in the old days, before we had GPS, you'd be driving around. You know, my wife would say, well, you should stop and ask for directions. Like, no, I know where I'm going. And and I might have had an idea where I was going because I knew what north and south and that kind of thing. But but I was lost. Okay, there's that kind of lost. There's also lost like a ship lost at sea, meaning it's destroyed, it's gone, it's sunk. Um, and then there's lost like my son when he was a little boy and we were at Legoland. <laughs> you lost. He man. didn't know he was lost. <laughs> He never knew he was lost. He's just wandering around looking at stuff, and I see him far off, and I go running over toward him, and he just looks at me like, oh, What's hi, wrong, Dad. Dad, you know? I said, you were lost. I didn't know I was lost. Um, there's that kind of lost, and and all of those need a Savior. Right. All of those need a Savior. I was um, in elementary school, probably fifth or sixth grade, and uh, lived in Burlington, North Carolina, and there were a lot of woods and things there in the area where we lived at that time. And I had a little dog. Uh, his name was Pepper. I called him Peppy. He was a little black dog. And we were out exploring one day in the woods, and uh, I didn't realize it, but uh, it came to me that I was lost. I did not know where I was. And I panicked. I can still remember the feeling of feeling lost, like not knowing where it was. And I just started to run. I had no idea where I was running. I was running because I was scared and I was panicked. And I saw some houses and I came out of the woods and it was a subdivision that I did not recognize. And you know what I did? I ran back into the woods. (laughs) I didn't go ask somebody. I ran back in the woods and said, this is not my subdivision. I can't find my house. I started to run. And I came to the place where I was tired and I was scared. And I was crying. And uh, all of a sudden, you you got to believe this true story. Uh, Pepper started kind of walking kind of away from me. And I went, Pepper, where are you going? He didn't, of course, he just kept walking. So I just started walking with him. And guess what? Yep. He went home and I followed him and there was my house came right out of the woods. (laughs) But that's why I remember being lost and how scared I was and how how uh, tremendously uh, confused I was in being lost. And Pepper was my savior that day. He led me uh, down the right road. (laughs) When, When you realize that you're lost, you realize you're vulnerable. Oh, yeah. That's scared. You realize you're vulnerable and you realize that you need to be found or find your way or have a savior. And in the, in the case of eternity, we all are in need of a savior. I want to read some verses that, that just sort of jumped out to me okay. when we were talking about this. And, and the first one, you know, we think of this as a, a Christmas time verse. Oh, yeah. Okay. Luke chapter two. Um, the angel has angels have appeared to the shepherds, okay, and the shepherds are afraid, and then the angels say, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. Mm. Um, mm. 
is that how you expect to find your savior? <laughs> you know, um, that's we think about that in light of the Christmas story. But imagine if you're the first person to hear this news. I would just feel so bewildered. The Savior is a baby lying in a manger. Mm. Now, what's more vulnerable than that? Mm. Um, I'm just going to read some more verses, if that's okay with you, Jack. So, okay, so this is in uh, John chapter 4. In John chapter 4, Jesus meets the Samaritan woman. Okay, she becomes the first person to share the gospel. Okay, from Jesus. Now, the shepherds obviously went out and told the story, but but you know, Jesus has done healings and he says, Yeah, don't say anything, don't tell anybody that I did this kind of thing. Now he goes into Samaria. You know, we've gone through all that, what that means, and he's talked to the woman at the well who is probably the, the least desirable person in this village. If you were going to go to talk to somebody of influence, you know, you might go talk to the mayor or somebody. She knew everybody. She knew everybody. (laughs) They knew her. They knew her. You know, that's why she's getting her water in midday when everybody else is is in the cool uh, trying to stay in the shade. She's out there by herself. And she hears the good news from Jesus and goes and tells everyone. And then the people said to her, It is no longer because of what you said that we believe, for we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this is indeed the Savior of the world. Savior of the world. Yeah. Savior of the world. Did Jesus, what, three days did he stay in in Samaria uh, and talk with them? All right, Philippians chapter 3. But our citizenship is in heaven. And from it, we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body by the power that enables him even to subject all things to himself. That's the Savior I'm picturing, you know, but that's also the same Savior that was that vulnerable baby in the manger. Um, so... Um, one more, and this one doesn't specifically use um, the word Savior, but this is about the apostles in the book of Acts. Uh, the apostles left the Sanhedrin rejoicing because they had been counted worthy of suffering disgrace for the name. Um, because Jesus, when he saves you, mm-hmm. you're not ashamed to share that, mm-hmm. even if it means um, being disgraced uh, for the sake of his name. Acts chapter 5, God exalted him to his own right hand as prince and savior that he might bring Israel to repentance and forgive their sins. Acts chapter 13, of this man's offspring, God has brought to Israel a Savior. He's talking about the son of David. I have found in David, the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart who will do all my will. Of this man's offspring, God has brought to Israel a Savior, Jesus, as he promised. Um, 1 John chapter 4, 
Um, and this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son, here's your word, Jack, to be the propitiation for our sins, to be the atonement for our sins. He's to be that sacrifice. And we talked about this couple sessions ago, he's not only the sacrifice, he's the high priest. He's the presenter of the sacrifice. Yeah, he presents himself as the sacrifice to God. Um, Let's see here. And this is about his purpose as our Savior. We talked about uh, what it it is to need a Savior and to be lost. Luke chapter 19, uh, verse 9, And Jesus said to him, Today, salvation has come to this house, since he also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. And the thing is that all of us are lost. The Bible says that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and the wages of sin is death. So all have sinned, the wages of sin is death. But uh, the great thing is that the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, who is the Savior. One of my favorite verses is in uh, the book of Titus. And if you look in the book of Titus, first of all, in the second chapter, it says, we are waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Many, many times the scripture calls Jesus Christ the great God and Savior, But in verse uh, chapter 3, it says, But when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, He saved us. Not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to His own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom He poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ our Savior. So that being justified by his grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. So not only does he save us from sin, but he saves us to eternal life, to salvation and eternal life. Salvation is being forgiven of our sin and being made alive and new in him, living in him and then being glorified in him eternally in the heavens. So Jesus being the Savior Uh, is just something that is amazing to me. But I have to emphasize once again, we all need him because without him, we are not saved. And we need to be about the business of uh, throwing out some uh, life preservers so that maybe someone else might grab a hold and be saved, can come to life and to the same hope that we have in him. Once again, it's not by things that we have done, but it's by the grace, the Bible says, that is seen through Jesus Christ, our Lord, our God, and our Savior. Uh, just an amazing, amazing thing. And, and sometimes I think we get to the place where we get so not only flippant, but maybe even worse yet, we get so um, into the, the, the drudge of daily living and daily life and whatever the struggles and, and all of those things. We get too busy. Uh, we focus on the wrong things. And we need to be refocused back on the truth of the Word of God, John. And that is the simple truth and fact that Jesus is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. He is our Savior. And through Him, 
we have the hope of eternal life and only through him. Amen. So. Amen. One of my favorite passages of scripture and, you know, every little kid, you know, when growing up, we'd memorize John three sixteen. If you take that passage in its whole context, what's happening there is Nicodemus, one of the Pharisees basically mm-hmm. has, has come to Jesus secretly at night um, because the Pharisees hated Jesus. And I'm not saying Nicodemus did, but as a group, um, he was considered a, a blasphemer and a threat um, to them because they they had it all wrong. Um, they viewed uh, worship and righteousness as following a list of rules and did not perceive the meaning of the sacrifices in the sense that your righteousness is garbage. Paul says that our righteousness is as filthy rags. Um, Compared to that. Right. Jesus says, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, because we can't do it on our own. Following a list of rules doesn't get you into heaven. It never had a chance of getting you into heaven. It was never the point. The point was Jesus Christ gets you into the presence of God. He is your high priest. He is your atonement. He's our only way in. Even still, like the Pharisees, we have a tendency to want to find some measure of righteousness in ourselves. Right. I would maybe add to that. We are justified by faith and Jesus Christ justifies us, which means it's just as if we had no sin. And the way he does that, once again, he becomes the propitiation for our sin and he takes our sin upon him. He becomes sin for us. The other half of justification is where you're at right now. And that is he imputes his righteousness to us. Right. So he who knew no sin becomes sin, and me, very familiar with sin, becomes righteous. Not a righteousness of my own, but the righteousness of Christ now is imputed into my life. Now when God looks at me, he doesn't see my sin. He sees the blood of Christ purifying my sin, taking my sin, and the righteousness of Christ that's been placed in my life because of his grace and his love. Amen. So So when he's talking to Nicodemus, and Nicodemus is basically wanting to know, what's it all about? You know, I've been learning the the study in the Torah for my whole life, but you've spoken words that are so different, and you bring a new meaning, and I want to know what it is you're saying. And Jesus says things like, I tell you the truth, unless a man's born again. And and Nicodemus is like, what what does that mean? What are you talking about? Do I need to go back inside my mom? And and Jesus is like, no, you've got it all wrong. And then he says the favorite verse, and I'm going to follow it with the one that we often overlook. He says to him, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Amen. Savior. Savior. That's what he came. Um, An important note, uh, and this goes along the lines with recognizing that we're lost and recognizing who our Savior is. Um, The apostles 
are telling the people in Acts chapter 4 and verse 12, and there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. So, some people would say that that's exclusive, you know, that God is excluding. Um, Well, in a sense, that's true, but the reality of it is whosoever will whosoever will that it doesn't get any more inclusive than that so um, the first step for us is recognizing that we're that child that's lost in the woods and can't find our way home and we need a savior amen amen jesus is our savior amen Thank you guys for joining us. Uh, We love you. Uh, Please reach out to us. We'll see you next time.